Welcome to the Paranormal Pendle podcast, coming to you from the heart of Pendle Witch Country in the northwest of England. My name is Craig Bryant, author, investigator, and collector of stories. Join me as we take a journey into the paranormal, UFO sightings, cryptozoology, and big cats. This is the Paranormal Pendle podcast. Welcome to episode 25 of Paranormal Pendle, broadcasting to the Paranormal UK radio network at paukradio.com. My guest on this episode is John Tantallon, and uh, I'm quite chuffed that I've got the pronunciation right this time, John. Um, uh, John's from uh, North Edinburgh Nightmares, and he's a, he's a returning guest. Um, I had uh, John back on uh, episode 11 where we, uh, we had a really good chat about um, all things spooky in Edinburgh. Um, really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm, I'm really chuffed that you've come back and uh, we're going to have another chat this time about uh, two of my favourite things. Um, and I said this on a, a, a recent podcast with, I think it was David Saunderson, my, my two favourite things are ghosts and pubs. So um, when, we, uh, when we meld those two things together, I will... I will sit and listen to stories for hours. So without uh, any further ado, John, first of all, how are you? Not, not bad. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. Thank you for, uh, for coming on. Um, I know we've had to uh, reschedule this, so uh, my apologies for that. Um, yeah, I'd, uh, really, I just, I'm going to hand over to you. Um, I believe that you've done a, a YouTube video on your uh, YouTube channel recently, which um, I, I admit, and I apologise well in advance that, that I haven't been able to have a, a look at it yet, but uh, by all means, tell us about that. Um, and really, I'm just fascinated to hear stories of haunted pubs in Edinburgh, because um, it's not a not a city that I've I've done much uh, much drinking in. I must be honest. Um, I've done a little bit in in the other um, the other place down the motorway from you. Um, a few whiskey pubs. I, I do enjoy yes. my uh, my single malt whiskies. Um, I'm a bit of a Highland man, so I like uh, I like the robust whisky. So if there's any whiskey pubs or anything that you can uh, you can recommend as well, that'd be um, in Edinburgh. That'd be great. But I'll stop yeah. rabbiting now, and I'll hand over to you, John. Um, yeah, haunted pubs in Edinburgh. Over to you. Yes. Well, um, last year when we were you know, trying to think of future episodes. I thought I've got a, a culmination of a few stories of the haunted pubs of Edinburgh. There are many. Um, I mean, we got round to researching and putting the episode together. I think we came up with six. There was six and six main ones. And there was some extras that we tagged on and I saw, I saw an extra shorter episode at the end. And there was some fascinating stories. There was one... Um, called the Hunter's Trist Inn, which goes back hundreds of years ago. It's at the foot of the Pentland Hills. And it had some um, documented stories regarding that, of, uh, you know, figures being seen, um, lights being on when there's nobody present, um, things being moved around. And when I was in chatting to the owner, a guy called Rab, there was an interesting story, and there had been a an ex-employee came in who worked there 30 years previously. Can't remember the guy's name. And he was in with his wife and they were having something to eat. And he says, yeah, he says, I used to work here. It was great. It was a great job when it was the case. It was great that you got the accommodation with it. 
with the the pup, and he says, "Oh, great!" He says, "Where did you stay?" He says, "In the wee house, the wee house." But he says, "What wee house? There's no, there's no house here." And he goes, "Oh, yeah, there is. We stayed in it." He says, "Honestly, so I've been the manager for a few years, and I've never came across any bloody house." He says, "Watch, I'll show you." So he took him through the back, through to where they keep the barrels, etc. And there was a hatch in the ceiling, and above this pub, the Hunter's Trist, there was a completely abandoned house that nobody knew was there because they'd taken the stairs away. They'd remodelled it, and this guy he was absolutely dumbstruck by this. He, took, he let me go up and have a look, and it was like stepping back in time. There was a calendar on the wall for 2001, like people had just walked out, uh, and it was quite spooky. It just added to the, the ambience. Um, so that was that's the first one in the episode. There are there are many more. Okay, what um, what sort of manifestations do they get there? Then did he did he tell you what they see, or did he have any sort of personal experiences or anything like that that he could tell you about? Well, there's there, I mean, there's been stuff documented, you know, back for a long time. It was originally used as an inn back in the days. I think it was the 1700s, and there was a club called the Six Foot Club. That used to go hill walking in the Pentlands, and 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 its members included um, so Sir Walter Scott and um, Robert Louis Stevenson, and they'd go there. It was like just a gentleman's club for after your days hill walking. Then it became a dairy for many years, and then in the sixties it became a pub again, a hostelry, um, and that's where most of the sort of documented stories come in. So the the main ones were the the stories from 1986. An ex-employee claimed that the pub shook one day. Now, there was nothing nearby. I mean, it's like the Pentland Hills, it's solid stuff. And it was like something caused the pub to vibrate. There was also instances of things just lighting up when nobody's in. Um, and that takes me on to the next one. So when I spoke to Rab, the manager, he says I had one sort of supernatural story. He had a couple, but he says there was one time that he came in or he got called in and the lights were on like one light one section of pub another and another and he says there's nobody in there i'm not mucking about i'm phoning police the police came thought it was getting robbed i mean they got in there wasn't a single person inside it was completely locked there was as he said it could have been a wee mouse but i didn't think it was big enough to activate on that level so when i was telling rab i produced a book by ron halliday a famous Edinburgh ghost book and there was a witness account of an ex-landlady called Marilyn in the 80s, I can't remember exactly when, and she had the exact same experience. She was out walking her dog and she turned around to see the lights of the pub lighting up in sequence and that was what, 35 years ago or something. So when I told Rab that one, he was quite interested. He'd also seen, they'd seen something on the stairs, like some figure on the stairs which has now been redeveloped and when you read the, the book from Ron Halliday, there was a story about what used to be a coffee area in the pub and a sighting there. So I wonder if it's possibly been the same area. Mm. But there, there were there were others. There's been lots going back to the, the 80s anyway. Mm. Um, and that's about as far as we got with that. It's interesting, actually, you mentioned about lights because I've come across um, quite a lot of uh, similar sort of um, phenomena where, where there's electrical... Um, issues, shall we say, you know, where lights mm -hmm. coming on, going off, um, you know, on, on their own accord. Um, my uh, in-laws' ex-farm, uh, old farmhouse that, that they lived in that I, I talk about in um, in the first book that I wrote, they, were, they, they had 
a heck of a lot of stuff going on with the electrics. So that's that's quite a, uh, I think, a good indicator actually that there is something going on there. Um, mm. You know, because there are there are electrical issues. So that's that's really interesting. So go on. Um, any other properties? Um, one thing I'll go back to with the Hunter's Trist one Sorry. was the fact that Rab was completely unaware of any of these stories from the Ron Halliday book. He'd never right. seen it in his life. Mm. And it was so similar, the women's events, Marilyn from the 80s, and what she saw with the lights going on in sequence to what Rab had said. And it was, it, it kind of, I, I can't speak for him, but I think it, would, it spooked him a bit that there was that coincidence. So there was a few in the book compared to what he'd uh, told me. Now, I've tried to meet him a few times, and for one reason or another, it got cancelled. So that was the first time I'd met the guy. And he, he rattled these stories to me, and I thought, that's amazing. You know, it's, it's like a blueprint almost. Yeah. So other other good ones that we covered in this. There are there are some famous hostelries in, in Edinburgh, and the grass market where they did a lot of the, the executions, you know, back in the, the bad old days. There's a famous one called uh, Maggie Dixon's, and she's known as Half Hang It Maggie. And that comes on to another pub we did. There was a pub called the Sheep Heed Inn, which is, they say, the oldest pub in Scotland. It's older than America, this thing. And it is at the foot of, it's in Duddingston Village at the foot of Arthur's seat. It is an ancient, ancient pub. It's wonderful. And when we went, you know, to investigate this one, well, not investigate, just to speak to the staff, get some stories. It turns out there are two stories um, attached to it, but back to Half Hang It Maggie. So after our execution, in the grass market and they hung her you know um they threw her in the cart and they took her to she was i think she was going to either musselborough or north berwick or something to be buried and along the way the driver stopped off at the sheep he'd pub the sheep's he'd in for a pint along the way and while he was inside maggie dixon came back to life she wasn't dead at all she was nearly stunned now she'd been hanging for 25 minutes and she came back to life and because of that they had to release her they said you know you've kind of survived the gallows and that she, she lived another 25 years maybe she wasn't hanging for 25 minutes it was 25 years she lived for um and she got a full pardon for it so that's why the pub in the grass market was uh, named after her but she peed so inside it, you've got um, two famous ghosts. When you go in, it's a wonderful pub. It really is. At the start of it, by the bar, there's an old landlord known as the Major that is seen on occasion sitting propping up the bar. Um, I wasn't fortunate enough to see him. But uh, the other one is there's an incredibly old bowling alley at the back of the pub, 100-plus years old, this thing. It's amazing. And in it is the spirit of a little girl that... Um, people have communicated with the lights at the bottom of the bowling alley. Um, there was a couple of spooky experiences when we were there. Um, things that, you know, I can't really say yes or no, but I did have a witness with me that saw them as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was probably the most active pub out of the lot that we did because we actually did witness a couple of spooky things. Right. Could you elaborate on, on what happened? Well... The first thing we noticed was my, uh, I had my hooded top over the seat that I was sitting on. And we were going over the footage, the person that presented that episode, that section, um, Kerry, and I was showing her the footage and saying, what bit do you want to use there? And right before me, it was almost looked like my hoodie 
hooded top rising from the seat, but the hooded top didn't move at all. But something in the vicinity of the seat, it was like it stood up. So much so that I, I cursed loudly and upset the family next to us. There was kids and I had them blurted out the F word and I had to apologise. <laughs> but it was, it was a, a shocker. Mm. Um, there was other instances with the lights kind of flashing as Kerry asked questions when we were filming. And it did, and I witnessed it. Mm. And it was five in, you know, succession. We thought to ourselves, could people be mucking about? Are they watching us? Are they saying, you know, watch this, we'll mess with them? But it was impossible. It was the busiest time on a Friday when they were running about daft, mm. serving food, and the light flashed every time she asked that question. That was quite spooky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, um, electrical phenomena. So that's... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's quite uh, that's quite weird, isn't it? Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, well, I'm making a, a mental list as we're going along of clubs yeah. that I'm going to have to visit because um, I am I am going to have to visit Edinburgh. I have been to Edinburgh. I'll, I'll, I'll yes. Hand up. Uh, but I've certainly not been on a, a ghostly pub crawl. So um, I think I'll be I'll be making a list of um, of places to visit. Are, are there any? Um, Sort of, that's a daft question. There will be um, sort of dedicated uh, whiskey pubs um, in Edinburgh. The reason um, I'm asking, the reason I'm asking is because I, I went in a really great one in in Glasgow actually um, called the Pot Still, which just up from um, the station, the main station in the centre of Glasgow. All right. Had, yeah. a, had a fantastic fiftieth uh, birthday. It was actually my fiftieth birthday. That day, um, we'd gone up there for, for the weekend, uh, myself, my wife and my son, and um, she abandoned me in there, basically. Uh, <laughs> left me to my own devices. Um, so you can imagine it was it was quite a, quite an experience. So I'm just wondering if there's anything similar in, in Edinburgh and, and if there's any that, that are, you know, haunted would, uh, would be even more of a bonus, really. Um, there, there most definitely is. I just... Not, I'm not really aware of them. I know there was a chap I was speaking to and he used to manage one. He managed it for four years, I think, and it's next door to one of the pubs that we cover in it. I've no. never been in it, but it's a dedicated whiskey bar no. on the Royal Mile, and I think it's it's meant to be pretty pretty good. The guy, Paul McVitie, was telling me the story, but he was telling me about another pub he'd managed. It wasn't about that one. I don't think he had any sort of spooky stories about the whiskey pub. There certainly is one on the yeah. famous Royal Mile. There will be others. Yeah. Um, but the story <laughs> he was telling me... Was about a pub on the outskirts of Edinburgh and it had some quite sort of spooky stories he was telling me about. But yeah, there, there certainly is. Uh, I'm not a huge whiskey drinker. I mean, that's I've, probably why I've not kind of found them, but there's bound to be, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Edinburgh. It's tourist central. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, go on. Um, any more, any more pubs that you investigated then? There were many. I'm, I'm keeping the best till till the very end. Oh, but okay. there was some other absolute crackers that we visited. Um, there was the Mitre Bar, which is um, next door to your whiskey bar. I was telling you about. The Mitre has got a, a chair stuck to the wall above um, above the bar, and they say that there was a bishop. Now, what was his name? A bishop that stayed there. And they reckon he was buried beneath the floor of the pub. And this is known as the Bishop's Throne that was protected in the basement when there was a huge fire in Edinburgh many years ago. They reckon that the Bishop haunts the pub looking for his throne that's up on the wall, fixed to the wall. There was an incident, another electrical, 
instance, with a jukebox that they've got in the mitre. And there was stories of people being electrocuted working on it. Um, they reckon the spirit changes the songs. <laughs> it doesn't like the songs that are on the jukebox. Um, and again, this is documented. You know, it's in a book as well about the mitre. What other good ones? There was there was lots of smaller stories we covered. There was there was some really good ones. There was a guy, brilliant guy called Graham Milne, who's written some great books about you know haunted Aberdeen. Uh, Graham appears in the new episode, um, and he's doing a new one as well about being a confessions of a haunted tour guide. I think it's called. But he was telling me an amazing story about a famous pub. Um, on Nidri Street, on the, the site of the Edinburgh vaults, it's part of the vaults, and the pub's called the Banshee Labyrinth, and this, uh, it used to be known as Nicol Edwards, who was uh, a, a guy that was involved with witch trials, mm. and um, in this story, it says that when the people were renovating it as Nicol Edwards, the child that was with the couple who were doing the renovation asked his parents, you know, who's the man standing watching us? The fire ghost, the guy with the burnt face. And after that, it didn't take them long to down tools and get out of the pub. There was another story about when it was being renovated and they uncovered a chimney. And inside the chimney, they found a child's shoe with the name Molly in the shoe. Now, when he was you know, doing research for the book, he was speaking to one of the staff from there. And she um, swears blind that one morning when they opened up the pub, there was in the condensation of the the window there was a child's handprint in the condensation um and as, as he states no children are allowed in the pub it's strict you know kind of 18s only um so it's got some great stories i've spoken to other people with experiences in the toilet about things opening the door when they're in the cubicle but the banshee labyrinths are a treat and a half and part of the vaults and the bargain you know it's mm. part of the nidri street vault which are very famous so what's um, what's the name of that book that you just um, mentioned, just in case? Um... The new one. That one, he's done a few. He did one called Haunted, Aberdeen's Haunted Heritage. He's from Aberdeen originally. Okay. He's done a few books about there. He's been doing this a while. But the new ones, he's, he does um, sort of ghost um, walks up in the town, uh, the old town. It's called Confessions of a Haunted Tour Guide, I think the name of the new book. Oh. He's been working on he's been working on it for a for a while. I've helped him with some bits of it. Okay. And uh, oh it's it's going to be a cracker when it comes. It's going to be full of good stories. Uh, Graham's quite a character. He's got some good stories. And again he appears in the episode telling you about another pub, the Tollbooth Tavern, which um, is massively historic building in the Royal Mile. Um, there was instances that there was a woman he spoke to that was at a, she was at a wake after a funeral and a book came flying off the shelf in this pub, the toll booth. And when it opened the page, the name, her name was on the page inside the book. I can't remember. Her name was Heather something. Yeah. And it was the na name was in the book. There was a couple of other instances he talks of, but it was, it was it's good. And it's a very old pub with lots of good history, scary history. When it was used as a jail, uh -huh. um, you know, for prisoners and witch trials and all kinds of stuff. So uh, that was that was a good one. Um, what other ones did we do? So yeah, Nidri Street, just off topic. Two weekends ago, we were in there, we did a, an investigation in the vaults um, on the Saturday with Spirit Vision Paranormal Research from Cheshire. 
um, and a group from Cumnock called the Apparent Paranormal Footprints. And they did, I had to leave at four or something. I had a, a Hampshire medium up with me called, um, it's going to kill me, I can't remember his second name. Dan Hill. <laughs> Poor Dan. Good friend. Dan Hill was up and some of the stuff that Dan picked up on in the vaults was terrifying. And we've got it all recorded for when we put the next episode together. Um, but some of the stuff, there was an incredible coincidence as well that you'll see when we do the episode. It was someone we discovered way down the line, like a week later afterwards um, with some info. Um, but anyway, yeah, the vaults, I mean, that's got lots of incredibly haunted, including three pubs on it. You've got the famous Bannermans at the bottom, um, which is used a lot for gigs and sort of rock bar. I don't know if that's got many ghost stories. The Banshee Labyrinth has got some belters. And the top of it, you've got Whistle Binkies, which is a very haunted Edinburgh pub. We did an investigation a couple of years ago, and that was very spooky, some of the stuff that happened in there. Uh, that was the first time I'd ever done anything like that, was with um, Spirit Vision again. So there's a host of them on that street alone, leading down to the Cowgate and all part of the Nidri Street vaults. So can you um, elaborate on on what happened then with, with that investigation, that first one? The first one, right, uh, have I not told you about this one before? So so what happened was we went in there, we had it all night. It was during the pandemic in 2020. Spirit Vision, first time I'd ever met them. We went in there and they had um, all kinds of stuff set up around the pub. All new to me, I'd never seen this before. And they had a glass and there's three little booths at the bottom of the pub. And they had, a, it was like a cat's toy on a glass and they were asking it questions and stuff. And um, there was very little happening. I said, switch it around a bit. So they got, the Sarah from the group, they got the manageress, Morvin, and another girl who worked there. And the three of them sat and it started getting very excitable. It started talking, answering questions. And they were asking questions about, you know, you know, what, what was were men bad to you? What happened? Did you die here? Did you work here when you were alive? And presuming it to be a woman. Now, the two ghosts that are in there is one called the Watcher and one called the Imp. And I said to them, I said, what makes you think it's a woman you're talking to? You know, both the ghosts are male. And that's when it just stopped. You know, it didn't like the fact that they kind of sussed out, I think. But, you know, we tried it many times and it wouldn't go off. They picked up... Um, some sort of, they picked up a voice on a recorder. They picked up things through a spirit box. I believe they heard children on this. Again, it's it's not really my mm. 40. They're more into the sort of, you know, analyzing stuff. Yeah. I'm more into the history. But yeah, there was, you know, I was there till four or five o'clock maybe. And they did, you know, get all, it's on an episode on their channel, you know. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a famous pub, the Banshee Labyrinth. That's 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 really interesting. So, um, the the catacombs that are underneath Edinburgh, the um, sorry, what 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 did you call them? Yeah, the Nidri Street vaults. Yeah, the vaults. That's it. Sorry, my, yes. my, yeah. my yeah. memory's terrible. Yeah, I mean, what's what's the history of the vaults then? What what were they okay. originally sort of dug? Well, they've always been dug out, haven't they? So, yeah. That's a... What what was their original purpose? Originally, they were used as. Um just premises for shops for businesses etc and i think i believe they existed for maybe 30 years 40 years and after a while because of the condensation edinburgh is a very damp 
place. Mm. They said it's no good for the businesses. You know, they're, they're, it's too wet, it's too moist. So they gave them up. And that's when the squatters moved in. So you got people taking over the vaults for so, uh, slightly salacious businesses, you know, that became for, you know, kind of prostitution, for, you know, gambling dens, for uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. People with absolutely no money would live there because they were squalid conditions. So it was a bit of a red, not red light district, but a kind of a rougher part of town when Edinburgh was greatly developing at that time. So rumoured, I don't know how true it is, that Burke and Hare stayed in there as well for a bit. There was also, you know, talk of the stored bodies in it and all kinds of stuff. But it was basically a kind of shattered part of town. Right. Um, years later, so it stayed, it sat completely um, forgotten about. It was sealed up in the late 1800s, I believe. And then in the mid-1885, they made a discovery. Now, was it? It was an ex, ex-Scotland rugby player called Nori Rowan, I think, he discovered the vaults. He broke through and found them um, from his house. And that was when they started digging them out and saying, you know, what have we got here? You know, there's this vast multitude of tunnels and caverns right under the bridge. And since then, it's been used for, you know, a venue for weddings. There's been, you know, places for gigs, there's pubs. So they've all been brought back to life through that. But it seems that some of the characters from way back in the day are still there now. So, do you know any any stories? Um, have you been told any stories about any any ghosts down there? Yeah, I mean the famous one is uh, oh, there's many. There's there's tons of them, but the, the the famous one is about this guy, the Watcher, that's you know meant to be a, a chap in a hat and a long sort of cloak that goes around, and he's not a, a sort of friendly character, you know. He, um, He's not happy of anybody being there. Um, so it's all connected. The whistle binkies, the banshee alarm, they're all part of the vaults. They're all, you know, connected somehow. Um, there was also a coven used to use it sometime in the 90s, I think. And they were, some, I, I can't remember the character, but it was coven of the something red dragon. And they had a stone circle that they used in one of the vaults. And they believed that whatever was in this, this circle was very, very evil and the coven weren't happy about using it. So they moved a couple of rooms down. It's still there today, completely with all their equipment. They've just sealed it off when I believe their leader died. I can't remember his name. And it sealed off and they moved to another premises. But this stone circle is meant to be a real hot spot for people witnessing you know things be it becoming sick when they take you on the tour of it people claim to have felt nauseous when they've stood in the circle um, and when we did it dan the medium he certainly picked up on stuff i can't remember the term he used i think the word was diabolical it says there's diabolical practices within this circle mm. um he seemed to pick up on quite a lot from it but yeah there, there are many i mean i've just um been vaulted mad this month because I've been doing nothing but reading about it and stuff. Um, so I can't really remember much else. But um, that was the sort of the, the sort of the, the main stories from what I remember. But there are many, many other ones. Okay, um, let's move back on to pubs then. Um, you said you've got some some really good ones. So yeah. Can, can we move on to the really good ones? <laughs> so let's think about this. Now, there was one down in Leith. There was a pub called the Leith Depot. And I went in and spoke to the staff there. And it's quite a kind of trendy 
um, gastropub type affair now. It never used to be. And they said, the staff says, nah, we've never witnessed anything remotely sinister in here. Um, it's been man many different names over the years. And again, very rough pubs along the way. And there was a time that it was known as, oh, for goodness sake, what was it called? It was owned by a Hibs football player. It was called Maranello's. Then it, it was called the Bay City. It had other names. PG Lyles, it was called. And there was people hearing disturbances from upstairs. There was a wee function room up the stairs. And people could hear things crashing about, footsteps going across the floor, all when nobody at all was in there. And they reckon that it is a customer, an ex-customer, who's not happy with the way the pub has become. Uh, and they didn't like the changes from when, you know, he used to drink there. That's what they reckon. Um, the staff now say they've not heard a thing, they've not heard any disturbances. So, he, you know, he's certainly not active anymore, this disgruntled regular. That's quite a good one, Nelly's Depot. What other ones did we cover? There was the Sheep Heed, there was that one, there was... Uh, there are many others, but um, I'm keeping the, the best one to last for you. Um, I'll tell you that one right now. So, purely by accident, I was sitting in a Leith pub and I was reading, doing a bit of research for it, and I was going through some of the other ones. And the one came up called the Star Bar. I said, I've never heard of the Star Bar in my life. I've lived here all my life. So I, I said, where is it? And I looked it up. And I said, I'm going to just put the pint down and go and find this place. And I found it, and it's down a wee back street in the new town of Edinburgh. And it's been there for a lifetime, this hidden gem of a pub. I went in and spoke to the staff. Now, the ghost story, there are a few ghost stories with, with this pub, but most of all, it has a cursed item within its walls. And that was, you know, an in incredible story. In the basement of this pub is a cursed skull that they stipulate in the contract to any owners that you cannot move the skull from the premises. So I went in and spoke to the staff, and I've been in several times since, spoke to the owner, spoke to the manager, X, whose family have been connected with this pub for a long time. So, um... They reckon it's built on a Jewish cemetery, hence the name The Star. It used to have a five-pointed star outside the pub. Um, they don't know the origins of the skull, but they have had examples of when people have moved the skull and what's happened to them. So back in the 50s or 60s, there was a guy who got the skull and he brought it upstairs and had it behind the bar and he had like little dots in the eyes lighting up making a spectacle of it and the same owner hanged himself from the trap door into the basement which is still there today it's all documented there is a, a sort of newspaper cutting we show in the episode about the incident there was another one when somebody moved the skull and he put it in another pub and in that same pub he moved it to somebody held the pub up and shot him dead the guy got killed, gunned down. The skull went back. There was another instance of um, somebody moving the skull and when they were getting a new bar made and the place went on fire, the, the workman's yard burned to the ground. There was others. There was about five terrible stories of this bloody skull. And in the end, when we were filming, they says, 
well, can we go and see this, this skeleton? We had to speak to the owner. He went, are you sure? So he said, yeah, we'll give it a go. So they did. They let us go down and film in the horrible basement of this ancient pub with a skull. And we never, in the end, I never had the guts to move the bucket on top of the skull. I was that scared I didn't want to touch the damn thing, but it was there. So the strangest thing, when you look at the footage, when we get back, there are two reflections, it seems. There's nothing that could reflect in that basement at all. It's that dark and dismal. There's nothing. And you see what appears to be a face on the wall where the skull is. And the face looks like me. That was the spooky bit. So I thought it must have reflected off something. I thought, what? You know, and I've, I've still analyzed this to death and thinking it's it's a coincidence. There's no, it could only be. But it looks very like me when you, you see it close up, this picture. And I thought, could it be a reflection? And, you know, I was using like my phone on a sort of gimbal device and there was just nothing it could reflect off to cause it. And there was three of us down there filming at the time and it was a real oddity, this thing. Um, the, the skull is an incredible story. Mm. And anyone visiting Edinburgh, I would highly recommend tracking down the star bar because it is, it's something else. It is such a quirky wee pub. There was another, I, I, one of the staff members tells a story of an instance where a strange old man comes in to the pub when she's opening up. So you have to tune in to see that one about, uh, you know, to report somebody lying dead in their beer garden. But that's another good story too. But yeah, the Star Bar was one of my favourites when we were making the episode. Um, and uh, it's, it's one of those things we're having, you know, two or three months of research. Mm. I'm sick of the sight of pubs now because you know, <laughs> I've been in so, so many, so many times, you know. So which um, which which will be your favourite um, place that you visited? Then do you think? Out of them all, the Star Bar, it was just such a quirky story. And, you know, we got to know the staff really well. They were brilliant. They really were. Um, so the, the Star, but they were all good. They were all really good. I mean, the Hunter's Trice, so steeped in history. The Sheep Heed, the, the location alone is incredible. Um, and the Shadow of Arthur's Seat, it's older than America. Um, but the Star, the story, you know, just kind of, yeah. Really gave me the creeps, so, you know, when they when they when they were actually showing you the evidence, like the newspapers and stuff. Yeah. Saying, there you go, that happened. It was like omen sort of stuff, you know, like for bad luck mm. and what all happened to the place. Reminds me of um, the story. There's a, a story local to here um, in a, a, a village close to uh, Bolton uh, near <laughs> Manchester, and um, it's called the Timberbottom Skulls. And it was a similar story um, where they they dug up um, a, a pair of skulls, actually, um, near to a, a very old stately home called Turton Tower. And um, the the skulls were, were taken to a local farm, which was called Timberbottom Farm. And every time that they were moved from the mantelpiece, um, all sorts of paranormal activity happened. Um, and in fact, it, it, they, they actually, um, one of the farmers who lived there, I believe, um, threw them into the local uh, stream and all hell broke loose. Um, and he, he eventually had to go and, and fit, find them, in, you know, go and fish them out of the stream <laughs> and put them back onto the mantelpiece. So there is something 
um, I think particularly um, creepy about skulls, mm. <laughs> um, and you know if they're if they're associated with um, with an old property like that, I think it makes them even even more interesting. Mm. I'd never heard any of this in my life. You know, I've lived here all my days, <clears throat> and when I went in, and you know that it's it's not a well known story. I mean, a lot of people know this pub from when they were students or whatever they used to go there. Very few people know the story of the skull, but it is out there. Mm. You know, it's documented, but it's a real kind of best kept secret of the park. You know, it's, I mean, you, you know, some of the famous stories of Edinburgh, you know, you've got things about Mackenzie Poltergeist, you've got the story of the Wizard of West Bow, but the skull, nobody really knows it. It's a, it's a, you know, it's kept there in the, in the basement, you know. Yeah. And it's an absolute cracker. So, shall we have uh, one last really great story then? What's your what's your absolute favourite um, story that you've heard um, with regards to, to haunted pubs in Edinburgh? Right, uh, let's think of a, a couple of... Well, there was a, a good one called the Crammond Inn. Now, we, uh, I did an episode all about Crammond, Crammond Village, is down, you know, in, um, along the road from me. It's a idyllic, scenic spot of Edinburgh, and it's got some good spooky stories. But it's got a, a pub that's sadly closed. It's been closed for a long time, and it's called the Cramond Inn, and it's steeped in history. Incredible views of the fourth from the beer garden. And that's got a couple of spooky ones. It's um, just kind of textbook stuff with glasses rattling. You know, people seeing shadows behind the bar, finding five P pieces was another one. Um, so that it's kind of default stuff. It's been closed a long time. I tried to get in touch with the owners and it's owned by this kind of brewery that's not like others called Samuel Smith's, I think. Oh, yeah. And um, you know the one? And yeah, so I couldn't get a hold of anyone really to to you know talk about it but i bet you that's got some belters in there yeah. have i ever when i was on the show before did i ever tell you the story of old ek the cadger did i ever tell you that well, one i think you did no, no. <laughs> <laughs> right this is this is a good one now oh, where do i begin so years ago in the 90s when i you know there was a local pub called spears bar and I'd go there with my mates and stuff. And it was the, the nearest pub to where we are. There's nothing really here. There's a couple along the front, but nothing like Spears. And there was an old neighbour that used to, he was in there every night. You'd set your watch on this guy called Douglas Roberts. And he was a proud trade unionist. He was a Welshman, um, member of the Postal Union. And he'd tell you stories all night, interesting stories, the same stories every time you saw him <laughs> and at the end of the night he'd always say right it's getting late I've got one more to tell you before we hit the road and I heard it every time the same story but it was a good one and he said that there was an old man that lived in the street Royston Terrace long from Spears Bar and he said that this guy's reputation because all he'd be doing was tapping people for things he'd go in and try and get a paper and say oh, I need to read about the racing results. I'll, I'll square you up at the end of the week, pal. And uh, he said, oh, give it quick, give me a nip just now from behind the bar. I'll, I'll be right back. And he just tapped everyone all the time. And in the end, he called Hector Ek the Cadger, like Cadger being he was always tapping people. So the story was 
that sometime in the late 60s or the early 70s, Eck the Cadger actually won a load of money on a horse. And he ran out of the bookies, chuffed a bit, run into Spears Barn, tell everyone the good news, and he ran, I shouldn't laugh, ran into the path of a bus. So they said that after that, Eck continued to visit Spears and people had seen him in the same spot at the bar, hanging about, sitting in the booths and in the actual street itself. You know, there was, I think it was another postman said to see a man with his description of this guy with a flat cap in the pub. Now, I've spoke to people about this and people have told me, you know, I've never heard that story in my life. You're full of shit. Um, and then... It keeps going back to me, the people that used to sit in his vicinity, there was a famous guy, he was a Labour councillor, who's long gone, and he knew the story, you know, so how much of it is true, I don't know, but it was just a beauty of a story, at the end of the night, in this pub, and he'd finish off by pointing, saying, Eck might be watching you for the corner of the bar, and that, because I walk past the pub so often, I've never forgotten that one, and you know, the story for old yeah. Douglas, but it was a cracker, Eck, and the name alone, Eck, the Cadger. Yeah. yeah, it's got a good good ring to it. Great the story. pub is closed. Is it? The, the yeah. pub it, it renamed. It, it opened as a, a sort of bit of a gastro pub uh, um, called the Inverleith. And I was in the last film in there, and we told told the story and stuff. Um, I, I just never had the same sort of feel. And then it reopened as Spears, and I thought, well, it's back to the pub how he remembers it. I wonder if there'll be any sign of this old guy turning up again. But it's closed again. I don't know what happened. All right. That's one of my favourites, and what I'd give to if I met somebody that knew either knew the guy or knew the story, you know. Yeah, no, it's great one to finish off with that. Um, whereabouts can uh, can people find your work? Then you've got a YouTube channel, haven't you? Yes, uh, just North Edinburgh Nightmares on in the search. It's constantly being updated. But, and all truth be told, I've slowed down a bit because I'm doing lots of things now. Um, I write for a, a local magazine. I do a column each month about sort of ghost stories of Edinburgh. I've got the Lethal Magazine. It's a free one, it's actually, to distribute in pubs. Um, so that takes time. Other things, you know, I don't know where all the time goes now. But we were, we are working on a new one for North Edinburgh Nightmares. Um, we're going to put something together as well with the investigation and the vaults and the biscuit factory. We did a night there too. So that's going to be coming along soon on the YouTube channel. But we've got lots of plans, but just very little time to put them into, you know, yeah. into fruition. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. But all, um, always doing that, you know. It will always be updated somewhere down the line. Yeah, good stuff. Sounds interesting. Well, I'll keep my eye on what comes up on the, on the YouTube channel. Um, it's been great to talk to you again, John. Thanks very much for coming on. Um, nice one. I'll make a, a nice list of um, of hostelries to visit when I do eventually get myself up to Edinburgh, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I shall uh, I shall raise a glass to all the ghosts that you've told us about. So it's, yeah. been, it's been absolutely great. Thanks very much. Thank you for coming on. Brilliant. Nice one, Craig. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you. Cheers. Take care. Thank you. You can visit my website at www.craigbryant.co.uk. Paranormal Pendle will return, and remember to keep watching the shadows. <laughs>